Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts, a weekly overview of economic developments in international markets. Hello and welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts. Today is the 16th of December and we are here with Inge Haydorn, Jenny Hardy and Nayla Salkovic for our weekly market roundup. Today, the team will cover Adobe and Oracle results, gaming data for November and discuss China's semis struggle. Over to them. Thank you very much, Maria. And it's Inge Aaron here, fund manager at GP Bullhound. Hi, everyone. It's Jenny Hardy, portfolio manager at GP Bullhound. Hey, everyone. My name is Nayla, and I'm an analyst here at GP Bullhound. And if we just start with the market update, I mean, we can really tell that the market is pricing in the recession. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'll definitely say that's the topic of the week. We saw Fed reducing the speed of uh, the rate increases, which I think was priced in, but also should be positive for the market. And we had a weaker than expected CPI, which also is positive. But I think our read through, me and Jenny also discussing this yesterday, is that the market is definitely, definitely taking more negative view on the development now going forward for the economy in general. And that, that's why we see uh, the market dropping off as strongly as it did this week. Yeah, and, and I think, um, I mean, the sort of tone of uh, Jay Powell's speech was definitely, you know, that there's still a lot of work to be done. And it does feel like, that's the the path that the Fed will take to to, to keep raising rates almost despite um, any weakness in the economy. So, um, yeah, it, it, it feels like um, we may have the sort of worst of all worlds um, going into next year of rising rates and the economy falling off and the Fed won't necessarily change its direction, whatever it sees, whatever it sees that that feels what we might see. Yeah. And if we move on to a more political topic, uh, we've seen more news flow around China and U.S. restrictions this week uh, with 36 Chinese groups put on the entity list. Jenny, what's your comment on this? Yeah. So um, I suppose this has really been the kind of theme of the year, the the sort of um, the politics around uh, semiconductors um, and the U.S. restrictions uh, around China. And, you know, I think uh, with the sort of 36 companies added to, to the entity list, that the most notable of these was was probably YMTC, um, uh, which is a Chinese uh, NAND uh, memory manufacturer. Um, we already know that, that, that it had been struggling to get uh, the very high-end tools um, into some of its facilities, uh, some of its kind of more advanced facilities. Um, but these new restrictions probably um, probably mean that, that it will really struggle to get really anything into any of its facilities. So, you know, if we think about spare parts, if we think about software updates, it's likely um, that these restrictions will be much more sweeping um, in that respect. And it does change it somewhat from... Um, being a sort of tool that is stopping advancement in semi-production to being just quite, um, to, to, to really in, in inhibiting any sort of ongoing business at some of these companies. So, you know, I do think it, it is very restrictive, 
Um, and, you know, certainly not good news um, for China. An interesting fact also is that YMTC was just about to break into the supply chain of Apple when, and they came into the radar of, of the US yeah. government and, and then they get this so ban. But one opening in this all is that it also really means that you need to apply for a license to sell to them. So it's, it's not a complete ban, but mm. you need to get a license and uh, then it's up to the US government if you, you get approved on it or not. But you can definitely the conclusion is it's getting tougher out there. It's not getting it's not easing it up, it's getting tougher. Yeah, yeah. And I mean this week as well was sort of the first indication we had that um China's now struggling to get arm licenses through. So arms latest series looks to um kind of go over that performance threshold. Um so there were reports this week that Alibaba had, had been um unable to um to get some of those arm licenses. And, you know, that's it's interesting for China because China have been, you know, very, very good at, at a lot of this kind of fabulous design in, in in recent years. So, you know, that's really, you know, while they've always sort of struggled on the manufacturing side, really the design side, they they've made some some real um kind of progress. And you know, they're very, very good at, at that. But um yeah, the fact that, that they're unable to to get some of these um, licenses through, again, you know, yeah, re- really hard for them. And just the last thing on that is that it's rumored now they're trying to meet this by a spending bill of around 145 uh, billion US dollars. The, the risk here, yeah, development of the ships, absolutely, and so on. The problem is that they still don't have the tools. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's not clear what they're going to spend that money on, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, they have a, a DUV tool producer in Shanghai, but that's extremely, extremely for the low end, and the productivity is very, very low. So we're probably five, ten years out for, for from doing their own real DUV tools even. So, yeah, let, let's see. And if we hop over to some hardware, uh, I mean, Ericsson hosted its capital markets day yesterday, uh, and it seems like the company has clearly turned more cautious towards the investment environment around mobile networks. Um, Inge, can you tell us more about this? Um, now we're really on my home ground, <laughs> coming as a former Ericsson analyst. Uh, no, I, I think there's two things going on. Firstly, the economic environment is, is definitely, definitely tougher, so they need to be cautious on that. And I think one thing I think a lot of people are still not understanding when it comes to Ericsson, even if the Chinese players has moved out of the market and, and uh, in the Western European countries and never been in the US, US has always been the main driver of the margins for Ericsson. And as they're now topping out on spending and even coming down going forward, you will have a negative mix effect. And also the fact that India is normally a quite price pressure mar- pressured market. The mix effect will turn negative. And then on top of that, just to mention that, Ericsson's so say, Vonage acquisition and their focus to turn into enterprise again, uh, the history there is not great. So it's a little bit wait and see. But... They're guiding now that they will reach their margin target, but the lower end of it, if they can save around $9 billion in a cost-cutting program. Uh, and this is, I think, quite, quite interesting because it also tells you 
even if there's just like a two-player market, knocking Ericsson and Samsung uh, somewhere there, uh, it, it is still a very, very tough business to, to be in. And uh, for us, it, it's it's not really a share we think it's it's worth investing in still, although it's come down quite a lot this year. And software, I mean, Oracle and Adobe reported this week. Uh, what are the takeaways from there? I think let's let's start with with an interesting thing here. I think if you go to the numbers, both of them were good, I would say, or good enough, uh, especially Oracle. But I think the interesting thing here is that we also had had a week of. Uh, focus on cash flow, not just on software. So Oracle really getting capex up a lot, and and thereby indicating that the growth in cash flow will be probably negative going forward. Uh, while Adobe is generating quite a lot of cash, but also just to mention that you saw United putting in this massive order at Boeing, and the stock com- came down. Charter increasing the capex, and the stock is down sixteen percent. So it's an interesting week with a lot of focus on cash flow. So going back to the software side, both of them doing quite good numbers, but Adobe doing really well on the cash flow. But remember, it's always shadowed by the Figma acquisition. But Adobe is is a holding of us. They continue to deliver. Historically, they've always done quite well in the downturns. So... It's, it's not it's not a huge position of ours, but we still hold hold the shares. And Oracle is not a position of our, ours. And as we think, betting on the number four in the market is the wrong thing to do. We think still the three big ones is going to be the ones that win a lot here. And also, if you then look at being number four and have to spend in line with number one, two, and three, it's a tough position for Oracle. Um Oh, and the takeaways from you on Jan on on the software side? Yeah, I think uh, it, it was a bit, you know, in, in the commentary on the earnings call, it, it was a bit more of the same of of what we heard from businesses in Q3. So, of course, kind of acknowledging the macro, but talking very much about a lot of that secular um, demand. So, for Oracle cloud clearly um and and obviously you know we had the the jedi um uh the jedi deal last week as well and 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 then for adobe you know talking a lot about the sort of digital trans- transformation at businesses so you know i think that's absolutely been the tone so far um in uh the results commentary but but we should you know we should sort of keep in mind that you know, the numbers that we're seeing in terms of the sales and orders now reflect conversations that probably started kind of nine to 12 months ago when, you know, circling back to, to, to what we started, um, to, to what we started today's podcast with, you know, the world looked quite different um, nine, 12 months ago. So, you know, I think it, it will be very interesting um to see what happens kind of Q1, Q2, uh, you know, reflecting those conversations that, that that were happening in the middle of this year, you know, with all with all of the kind of macro concerns that, that now exist. And uh, just to mention also, I know we talk a lot about uh, semiconductors, but the cloud capex is, is quite good news for the semiconductor industry yeah. that the cloud spending is holding up. So, yeah. And our last topic, uh, which is gaming, 
Uh, November numbers in the U.S. overall gaming spending is still down slightly compared with 2021. Uh, we all though saw strong hardware performance in month of November. Um, it seems like the increase in hardware sales is likely driven by part uh, by holiday sales. Uh, but what's really standing out here are that the November numbers across Europe, which decreased by 17% year on year, are really low. And the console sales were down over 21% compared to last year. Inge, why do you think the numbers are so weak in Europe for gaming spending? I think in terms of the mix here and and the yearly comparison, remember in last year uh, we had uh, the Vanguard sales of Call of Duty. I'm just talking about Call of Duty now in general, and, and you had also Halo coming out there. So you have an effect by this year the key Call of Duty, so to say, release was in October. So that boosted October uh, and then brings down November relative to last year when Vanguard was le- released. So it's it's tough comparison, but it's still the same thing as, as you mentioned over and over again, Naila. I, I think you're absolutely right here, is that the fact that the key products, the key releases are selling, if there's a gap in the releases, the, the weakness shines through. And we also saw that the mobile gaming and the Roblox numbers. So it's key, key to have a really strong product launch in this type of markets. We come back to a very title-driven market in the end. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just want to say one other thing also. I think what happened really on the console side uh, is the fact that I think the finonometer also say released by the fact that it's not oversold for the moment is thereby releasing some of the volumes out in the market for for Sony and and, and uh, uh, Microsoft and I think that's helping uh, so build out the demand for 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 Christmas season. I just want to highlight also that next week uh, in our new weekly letter, which we normally release on Fridays, this time around next week, uh, it will be probably, say, Wednesday. We will also come out with our predictions for 2023 and what we think is going to happen in tech and, and how we are going to position our portfolio. So that will be coming out uh, through our newsletter uh, next week. And we will also highlight it in our next podcast in the beginning of next year. Thank you very much and have a great Christmas. All right. So thank you for this week. And I'll see you next year in January.